Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Climate change is certainly in the news. On Friday, there was an international walkout over climate change. Today, the United Nations holds a climate action summit. Now, last week, the Trump administration revoked California's power to set limits on auto emissions of greenhouse gases that are stricter than the national government. California and 22 other states are joining together to sue the administration. My guest is Pat Parento, professor at Vermont Law School. Pat, let's start with the basics of the California lawsuit. Does it raise novel questions under the Clean Air Act? Sure does, June. This is the first time in 50 years that a waiver for California has been revoked. There's nothing in the Clean Air Act that authorizes the Trump administration or any administration to actually revoke a waiver that's been in place. So right off the bat, you have a Uh, a question of first impression for the courts. It also raises questions of states' rights. Will the Trump administration's seemingly inconsistent position on states' rights play into this? Yes, I mean, the Trump administration listens to the red states, but not the blue states. So 23 states have already announced they will be suing the Trump administration for revoking California's waiver because 13 states have actually adopted these California standards. So they're immediately and dramatically affected by revoking California's waiver. So this business of cooperative federalism works only one way. If the states that are in agreement with the Trump administration want something, they get it. If the states disagree with the Trump administration, they don't get it. So do you think that California will bring up things like gun control, where the administration favors state rights and abortion well, they've got better arguments than that, frankly. I mean, this, this decision is bad for public health, it's bad for climate, and it's even bad for business, which is probably the most ironic thing of all. It's going to cost jobs. It isn't going to save jobs. It isn't safe. You know, the, the acronym for this revocation is SAFE. Well, there's an EPA analysis in the administrative record that says it will actually lead to slight increase in motor vehicle mortality, not a decrease. The Trump administration is arguing that it's going to save money. It isn't. It's going to cost the average consumer $3,000 over the life of a vehicle because of the reduced fuel costs. The total cost estimates that are in this rulemaking or this decision package is $460 billion over the the life of these particular fleets of automobiles through the mid-20s. So The states have really, I think, the strongest possible arguments I've seen to overturn a Trump decision. Well, this is the 60th lawsuit that California has filed against the Trump administration, and a lot of those are over environmental concerns. Do you have any sense, because none of them have wound their way through the courts yet, do you have any sense of how California is doing on those? Doing very well. I mean, overall, the New York University Institute for Policy Integrity tracks every one of these cases in court, and their analysis shows the Trump administration has lost 90 percent of the cases in which they've been challenged, and California has filed 41 of those lawsuits and counting. So this administration, you know, not only do they have bad policies, but the courts are consistently overturning them for very routine violations of the Administrative Procedure Act. In this case, 
it's going to be a fundamental question of statutory interpretation. But again, the Trump administration has no precedent to cite for what they're doing. People can go to the website of the Institute for Policy Integrity and, and read for yourself. Each case is, is digested with cites. I don't think the Trump administration is doing very well in either the lower courts or the courts of appeal. What they're counting on, of course, is getting some of these cases to the United States Supreme Court, where as a result of President Trump's two appointees, Justice Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, they're banking on a more conservative Supreme Court agreeing with some of their policies and overturning the lower courts. The Trump administration has won a few of those Supreme Court appeals. So I think that's what they're counting on, but they may be overestimating how far even a conservative court is going to be willing to go to torque these statutes into a new interpretation that has really significant practical impacts for people all over the country. Also, the administration is expected to roll back a national Obama-era tailpipe pollution standard. It requires cars to have a higher fuel economy standard. And so I'm wondering how the average consumer is going to feel about that. Why it would endear the Trump administration to the average consumer? I don't know. Like I said, the, the statistics suggest that the average consumer is going to lose the benefit of about $3,000 in fuel savings over the life of a vehicle by, by freezing these standards at 2021 levels instead of going to the Obama level of about 55 miles per gallon by the mid-2025 into that range. So people are going to actually be paying more at the pump and not realizing the benefits of cleaner, more efficient vehicles. U.S. manufacturers, we've seen this story before, are once again going to be at a competitive disadvantage with automakers all over the rest of the world that are producing more efficient cars, recognizing the need to move into that cleaner future. Uh, and, and, of course, four major automakers agreed with California. And what did the Trump administration do? It launched an antitrust investigation as punishment against those four automakers for departing from Trump's party line. So he doesn't even have the industry behind him on this one. As far as what the automakers have to do now as they're making cars, are they going to stick with the old standards? They don't know which standards are going to be enforced in well, a few years. Well, that's right, and that, that's right, and that is perhaps the most bizarre aspect of this rule. The claim is that they're going to nationalize fuel economy. That's not true at all. By revoking California's standard, they left the Obama standards in place, and they will remain in place until the Trump administration finalizes the rulemaking that has had in process for over a year to replace the Obama standards with whatever standards Trump comes up with. So right now, automakers have no idea what kind of cars they should be making for which parts of the country. We had a national standard for fuel efficiency. Now we don't. Thank you so much, Pat. As always, that's Pat Parento. He is a professor at Vermont Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.